Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Messy Wonderful Podcast, where we talk about all of the messy, wonderful parts of motherhood, entrepreneurship, neurodivergent parenting, and family finances. I am stoked for today's episode. My inner nerd is truly going to come out, y'all, in this episode right here. We are going to be talking all about why I don't believe in debt-free and kind of what I do believe in instead. And as I was, so I mean, most of y'all can probably tell that I just kind of do these podcast episodes off the cuff. I don't really have like scripts or anything. It's me kind of just talking because that's, I'm a very uh, conversationalist person, but I do usually create um, outlines sometimes so that I can make sure that I don't miss anything. And I was I was I was like literally getting so excited as I was jotting down all the things that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned to y'all. Um, so that's what we're going to chat about today. We're going to talk about debt is not necessarily a bad thing. Having what kind of debt, um, how to think about debt. There is bad debt, so we need to talk about that too. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. I wanted to start off with, so we're coming up on the very end of 2022 and a lot of people don't know because I don't talk about this very often, but Chance and I started together when we got married um, with $200,000 in student loans from the two of us, pretty much equal. Uh, we, it was one of those, like we, we came into the marriage, you know, like some, you got some people out there doing prenups because they're, uh, they're coming into the marriage with all these assets and they want to make sure they leave the marriage with all these assets and all chance. And I were really coming into our marriage with was equal amounts of student loan debt. I I did have some cash in the bank. He didn't. Um, but that, that was it. That was the start of our marriage. Uh, so we've, you know, we could only kind of go up from there, but we have, $26,000 left to pay. And, you know, I'm very hard on myself. I'm an overachiever. I'm a perfectionist. I'm working on those things because it's, it's not necessarily a good way to live. But when I, my first reaction to that is, oh, we still have $26,000 left to pay. But when I step back and really think about how far we've come in the last eight and a half years, it's pretty incredible, y'all. Like I have to, I have to own that, that it's, that it's actually pretty incredible because we both qualified for loan consolidation and extensions with our student loans because we had so much. And so we both took advantage of that because, and we're going to talk about this, when when they were giving us the opportunity to consolidate and extend and have lower payments, we we were both starting new jobs. We were just getting married. We had just bought a house. And I'll, I'll talk about how that, you know, I can talk about how all that played into it. Like, you know, some people would think, well, why are you buying a house when, you know, you have all, all of this debt? Um, so if we would have only paid the minimum on our student loans and we took the full 30 years, we would have been 52 and 54 years old when our loans were paid off. Think about that. 52 and 54 years old. Our children would all be in college by then and we would still be paying off 
our student loan debt. Crazy, right? I knew that that didn't, that didn't serve us. That wasn't going to work. And I, I, I feel like I'm trying to figure out how to best tell y'all this story and talk about, um, you know, all the, all the debt things that I want to talk about y'all. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm sitting in my chair, uh, like so excited to tell y'all all of this. But a couple of things that we did. In the consolidation, it lowered our interest rate. So that's a really important factor that comes into healthy debt. Thinking about interest rates. We got a lower interest rate. I also kept an amortization spreadsheet. Yep, just whipped one up in in, uh, Excel and had it all... All the without getting into the nitty gritty financial topics, I had my interest rate, my beginning balance, my principal, my interest, and I could sit there and play with these amortization spreadsheets and figure out, depending on how much extra we paid to the loan, how much faster we would pay it off. So I did all of this sitting. This was like my break while studying for the CPA exam, right? I, that like that was my break was working on amortization uh, spreadsheets. I I am truly a nerd numbers person, and I own it, and I I am proud of myself for it. I don't I don't worry about uh, being judged, but I came up with a goal that Chance and I would have all of our student loans paid off before I turn 35. So that would be June of 2026. We had to have all of these loans paid off. We will more than surpass that goal. And I fully, fully attribute it to even just making small increments, additional payments every single month. And we had this debt waterfall. I had a tab for every single loan. And when we started, y'all, this is not where I thought this episode was going to go. I did not think that I was going to talk for 10 minutes about our student loans, but that's that's where we're at. I had a tab because not all of our loans could be consolidated. And some were like parent plus loans and some were subsidized and some were unsubsidized and some were department of ed and some were private. And it just like I, I think I had about eight tabs when I first started. And when I looked at all of them, I kind of did this 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 big picture analysis and it was like, okay, well, you know, what what's what's the highest interest rate? That's the one that we need to tackle first. Okay, what are all of the minimum payments that we need to make? How much is that in total? Okay, can you know, obviously we could afford that because we had no choice but to make the minimum payments. But then it was how much extra in our monthly budget could we take from our income? and apply it to these loans because we we had some loans at 8%. Most of ours were around the 5 to 6% mark, but we did have some private ones each of us that were around the 8% mark. And to give you a perspective on it, at this time when we purchased our first house in that same year, our mortgage interest rate was 4.25 and then we refinanced after one year of living in the house because uh, property values had gone up so much and we got 4%. So our mortgage 
was far less than any of our student loan interest rates at the time. So that was what we really needed to hit hard. And it became it became almost like a game, y'all, to see <laughs> to see how how far ahead we could get on these loans. And um what really helped was when we would pay off. So, you know, I want to say in those first couple of months, we were only paying 50 extra dollars, right? But our minimum loan payments when we got started were $1,600. And our first mortgage was only like $1,400. We were literally paying more in student loan um, repayments than we were in, in our in our mortgage and obviously we we bought a house that you know was was within a price point that was within our means and I had done all of the calculations and anytime we got any extra money anytime we got raises it, it just automatically that money after taxes went to our student loan payments so you know i feel like debt just has such a negative connotation but it doesn't always have to was it great that Chance and I started our lives with 200000 in student loans? No. But did we make sacrifices and give up things like partying on Friday and Saturday nights and buying clothes and having the latest iPhones? And, you know, that was a time in my life where I didn't get my nails done super frequently because we were trying to really get a handle on this debt because we do not want to be burned with it for the rest of our lives. And, you know, one thing that we, it, you know, it it's still like, oh, paying it back is like, oh, all this money going out. Um, because in our, in our maximum of really spanking down these loans, and that is what I feel like we did, we were paying like almost $2,500 a month towards our loans. Obviously, we don't have that much anymore. Um, and we've scaled back because we have four children now that are extremely costly. And so thankfully, we've really, uh, we're, we're not left with much 26000 could pay it off if, you know, if like, you, re- you know, we really had to. Um, but it's it's one of those things where we try and remind ourselves that this debt in our minds gave us our our education, our degrees, our careers that will continue to provide for us long after this debt is paid off. Um, we hope that our children will not have this level of debt, but depending on what they choose to do, they might um, because we're, we're not paying for all of our children's college. I'm, I'm, you know, and everybody loves to say, oh, you say that now. Oh, you know, people used to love to tell me, oh, you say you're not going to let your kids do that, but you haven't had kids yet. Well, guess what? Most of the things that I said I wasn't going to let my kids do, I still don't let them do. I, I'm pretty true to my word. And Jance and I are very much in alignment that um, we are not paying fully for our, our children's college education because – the the kids that I saw whose parents were paying for everything were partying and were not really invested in their education. And um, we, I, I'll have to record a whole different episode about how we plan on helping our children um, as far as college education costs go, but that's a whole different thing. Um, so we really don't, we don't want them to be saddled with the loans that we had, but 
you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk with them. Uh, I knew what I was up against when I chose to go to Auburn, could have gone to LSU and made money. Um, I don't regret my time at Auburn and, and everything, but that's a different podcast for a different day. Let's get back to debt. So it doesn't have to have debt. Intrinsically, the word debt does not have to automatically drum up negative connotation, but we need to talk about healthy debt. And in my opinion, healthy debt are things like the mortgage, maybe even even an auto loan. It's all about considering the interest rates and looking at your overall financial picture, right? Um, and that's why knowing your numbers, whether it's in business or in your family finances, that's why knowing your numbers is so important because you can't do these analyses without knowing your numbers and knowing what you're up against. Um, so, you know, for example, I think our interest rate on our home right now is like 2.8%. I see people in financial groups all the time talking about paying off their mortgages early. Now, if you've just acquired a mortgage in the back end of 2022 when rates are 7 and 8%, yeah, you should probably be paying a little bit of extra. But if you have an in- if you have any sort of loan that only has 2.8% on it, that you you better not have any other debt before you start paying that one off early, right? We There is literally no reason. I can make more money in the stock market <laughs> right now um, than paying off my mortgage early. So you need to look at the, at the bigger picture overall. The other thing that I want you to think about when we talk about debt. Growing up, my dad always said, and he still says it, but this was ingrained in me. Cash is king and banks won't loan you money when you need money. So those are two things that I want you to walk away from this podcast with. Cash is king. No one will loan you money when you need the money. So you take the money when they're willing to give the money. Um, I use this example when I'm talking with clients about a line of credit. So whether that's a business line of credit or a home equity line of credit known as a HELOC, Take the HELOC when the bank is willing to give you the HELOC, right? It, I think most banks will charge you like 199 bucks each year to keep your line of credit, your home equity line of credit open. But you have that money, but, but you're not paying any interest on a line of credit unless you've taken money on the line of credit. So you can literally have let's say $50,000 if that's, you know, and there, there are ratios and limitations on um, what, what a bank will loan you for a home equity line of credit. But you could essentially have $50,000 just sitting there available to you. Well, what happens if you have something go wrong, right? Somebody um, that we knew had a house fire and they literally had to start a GoFundMe because they didn't have any money to do anything until their insurance paid them out. Well, do you know how long that could take? It could take a really long time. I'll give you an example. We had to do this with our car that was totaled back in May. We were not expecting the insurance company to total the car. And do you know what happened when the insurance company totaled the car? They said, oh, we're, we're giving you three days uh, to return the rental car. You need to go clean out your vehicle. It's not leaving the auto shop. It's being towed to our yard here locally. 
Um, we'll send you a check in a couple of weeks for the payout, but return the rental car in three days. And y'all, this was in a post-COVID market where cars, like you couldn't find a car. There were no cars to be had. And it really, really bothered me that because there were no cars to be had, that there was no negotiating and haggling. We wound up having to pay 5000 over MSRP for the one car on the lot that thankfully met our needs because that was our option. And y'all, what would we have done if we didn't have 15000 sitting in a savings account for a rainy day? Because we had to cover for three weeks the down payment on our new car because we played with the down payment numbers to get the interest rates where I wanted them to be. But we had to cover that 15000 until the insurance company sent us the check. And I actually think three weeks is a pretty good turnaround time for an insurance company. Other, Our insurance company did a fantastic job other than telling us we only had three days to return the rental car and we were sitting here in a post-COVID market with no, no cars on the lot. Um, I, I thought three weeks was pretty good. But what, what, what do you do? We couldn't be without a car for three weeks. We would have either gotten stuck paying probably, gosh, the size rental car that we needed. We probably would have had two or 3000 in rental car costs. Or we had to make the down payment and go buy a car. Either way, we were out money. We, we needed thousands of dollars to make this happen in the interim of waiting for, for the insurance to pay us out. So cash is king. Let's talk about foreclosures. You know, I I have a lot of clients that come to me and they talk about wanting to flip houses or buy rental properties. Do you know that you can get the best deal on a piece of foreclosure property, but you got to pay cash for it? Cash is king, y'all. Banks won't loan you money when you need money. So you need to be smart. Debt is not bad. If somebody tells me that having a home equity line of credit on our home is bad because it's debt, they... I have some choice words that I'm not going to say on this podcast because maybe your kids are listening, but they they can, they can go, go shove it basically because that is healthy debt. Because as long as I am using that money strategically, as long as I am paying it back and we've, we've used, we've used a home equity line of credit before for various reasons and One thing that you have to be careful of on lines of credit is they only require an interest payment each month. That's how you get yourself into trouble right there. You don't just make the interest payment every month. You make you you make a big payment, right? You need to pay down that principal too. Treat it as a a a term loan, a traditional loan. Don't treat it as an interest-only payment. But you know what the great thing about it is? If something bad happens for one month, you do only have to make the interest payments and you're not going to be in default. So these are all of the things that I really, I just, what I want you to walk away from this episode with, and sorry, this is a longer one. I feel like I was kind of on a soapbox. What I want you to walk away with from this one is don't hear the word debt. Don't hear the word loan and automatically think bad. Credit card debt is bad. I don't think that you should ever have credit card debt. Not only are credit card interest rates 25%, but you shouldn't be putting something on a credit card if you can't pay it off. Now, I'm a big fan of using credit cards because I like to play the points game. And so I do put everything on a credit card because I want those points. But everything gets paid off every single month because I wouldn't be buying it anyway if I couldn't afford it. And that, that is a, 
That is a healthy mindset around healthy debt. It, it can be okay. And quite honestly, everybody should have a credit card open because it'll help your uh, credit score if your utilization limit is low. We could talk about more on that. But what I want you to walk away with is debt is not inherently bad. Your mindset around debt needs to be solid. It needs to be um, cognizant of interest rates, cognizant of what you have the ability to pay off, making small incremental additional payments so that you can get on top of that debt, being smart with which debt you choose to do that from, right? How you pay it off, what the waterfall looks like, really knowing your numbers. Those are all critical components to having a healthy mindset and a healthy appreciation for some good debt in your life. Don't let someone tell you that you shouldn't have a mortgage. I mean, I I guarantee you that maybe when we retire, we won't have a mortgage. But Chance and I will always live in a house that we will not be able to pay cash for. That's our choice. Maybe it's your choice to live to, to choose to live in a home that you can pay in all cash. But Chance and I, we, we don't have that kind of money to be able to afford uh, the size home that we need and, and be able to pay all cash for it. So I hope you really liked this episode. I'm sorry it was a little bit longer than normal. Um, I got really nerdy, really down in the weeds. I would love for you to send me a DM on Instagram and let me know if you liked this type of episode or if it was a little too technical and you're like, eh, nope, not feeling it, let me know. Send me a, send me a DM on Instagram at messy underscore wonderful. I kind of liked it. I kind of wanted to give you my opinions on debt um, and why I'm very anti-debt-free life because I just don't think it's realistic and practical. Um, I think you need to be smart about how you how you handle debt and how you bring debt into your life. But I don't think debt-free is necessarily the way to go. Um, so I really hope that you enjoyed this too. And I hope that you have a great day.